Trident Wargaming. Build it, paint it, play it. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Trident Wargaming. This is episode number 69 in season 420, and today we are discussing, well, angle shooting and whether or not it's cheating and playing by intent and what happens when you kind of don't. Join with me on the podcast today is Trident's exclusives, Andy Monty. Hey, guys. Andy, what's a, what's a nickname you would go by? Andy Warlord Monty? Mad Dog Monty. <clears throat> Mad Dog Monty. Yeah. yeah. There it is. Also joined so. with me together with uh, Andy is uh, Trident Famous Scott. <laughs> well, <laughs> what sort of nickname would you go with, Scott? Uh, uh, family friendly ones, I guess, only, eh? Um, I think they, I, I think Scotty B is, is pretty much it, isn't it? Gotta be. Uh, I get that a lot. So, yeah. All right. Well, we're actually gonna start off by playing a bit of a uh, a game, and actually, I, I would like the audience to play with us. Uh, we're gonna play a word association game. So, what's gonna happen here is uh, I'm gonna list off a word, and then uh, we're gonna we're gonna kick either Andy or Scott out for a couple of minutes. They're gonna they're gonna come back in. The other person is going to uh, guess the word, like sort of for example. If uh, we kick Andy out and we're playing with Scott, uh, and the word was Pedro Cantor, Scott would have to come up with the very first word that comes to mind. Scotty would pick Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal. Um, we'll we'll do five words. Uh, we're gonna record them. Andy's gonna come back in, or perhaps Scott will come back in, uh, and then he's gonna try to match up. He's gonna try to pick the words that he thinks Scott would pick. And uh, as the audience, you get to play along, you get to see if you would have picked the same words. So, I guess I'd like to, to ask either Scotty or, or Andy here, which one of you would like to leave for a moment? I'll go. Okay. How do, how do I signal you to come back? Do I, do I text you? Do I call you? Well, I can stay here and just... Mute yourself? Take, take out Deafen my audio. Yourself? Yeah. Okay. And then you and guys I'll, can I'll make, a, you? make a hand signal. I can't read lips terribly well, so... All right. Okay, very good. So cool. you can feel free to separate yourself from the podcast. All right, Andy. Um, so what is the first word that comes to mind when I say the word Nurgle? Plague. Good one, good one. Eldar. Arthur. All right, very good. Tau. <laughs> Ooh, woo. <laughs> Space Marine. Uh, Gullman. Big Daddy G. And uh, Magnus. He did everything. Did everything wrong. Just All right. Did everything wrong. All right. What sort of hand sign do we need to give Scotty to come back? Do we give him no family friendly, no fingers? We'll just give him a gentle wave. That's not the hand sign I wanted to give him, but here we are. <laughs> All right, Scotty, did you catch any of that? No. I think I heard laughing, though. Hey. Well, nothing's very funny. This is a very serious game. We have stakes on the line. So, you're kind of playing two games in one. Number one, you have to kind of guess what you think Andy will say, but also, you know, you don't want to go too far away from what your first uh, initial thought is. So, what word comes to mind when I say the word Nurgle? Taco Bell. <laughs> ah. 
Well, we're not talking about the destroyer of toilets. We're talking about the plague god, my friend. All right. Uh, it was wrong. The correct okay. answer was plague. Oh. Plague. I only get one guess, eh? Jeez. All right. What word comes you to mind what? when I you still, say... I still would have gone Taco Bell. It's fine. What <laughs> word comes to mind when you hear the word Eldar? Mm, rage. <laughs> um, survey says incorrect. Andy's first word was Arthur. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're kind of synonyms. <laughs> um, if you're talking about a raging love of your friends, <laughs> then yes. Yeah. All right, third word. Yeah, what comes to mind when you hear the word Tau? Weenie. That's not correct, actually. The uh, the the word that came to mind when you heard the word Tau was. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> That was, that was at least that was Andy's word. I don't know if Andy knew. Oh, <laughs> we <laughs> we had a disconnect. What that word was before we used that? I was messing around with the soundboard and I broke it. I hope that our podcast is fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That was all right. El- that was some Eldar hey. trickery right there. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, what word comes to mind when you hear the word space marine? Space marine. Hmm. The first word that Andy would have thought of when you gave him Space Marine. Jeez. That's right. We're over three right now. No pressure. <sighs> yeah. Um, his first thought would have been Magnus. No, his uh, his first thought was Gulliman. <sighs> All right, now, final word. What is the first word that comes to mind when you hear the word Magnus? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm serious. That, that one's on there. Uh, hmm. Um... Raise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, perhaps just right. That was very close. Andy said did everything right. Are both of you in agreement that Magnus did nothing wrong? Um... You know, I I, I kind of split the split the vote a little. I I think Magnus did plenty wrong, but I think that there were a lot of other people who did more wrong. So I wonder why we dwell on Magnus. <sighs> that's kind of that's kind of my thoughts. Andy, in one word or less, do you do you, did Magnus do everything right? Good job. That's what happened. That's what happened. Right. He got screwed. So. But the, the yeah. spin doctors came out, wrecked everything. Yeah, those wolf boys messed him up. Russ you know, did uh, way more wrong than Magnus did. I'll tell you that. Much. That's, <laughs> that's fair. That's we're we're going to talk about it a little bit later in the episode when we get to one of our further on topics. But this was the type of game you could have come and played if you were at the Trident Social. We had a lot of trivia. There was this green beverage floating around that made the trivia a bit yeah. more fun. And some people won a lot of prizes with the chance to win perhaps even millions. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I know at least a couple people won some stuff off them scratch tickets, so. Well, there it is. Good um, fun time. You know, as as we get into it, I think this is the part of the podcast where we typically talk about the, the types of hobby that we're working on. But I say, down with tradition and down with the way we're going to do it, we're going to flip that to the end. And I'd actually like to get straight into uh, one of the topics. Mm. So as I mentioned in the introduction... Uh, we have we have two major topics today, and the first one is something called angle shooting. Now, before we can really get into that, I think we got to give a definition for what angle shooting is. 
So uh, angle shooting is something that usually applies to card games. It, it uh, is applied to poker. It's also been applied to Magic the Gathering. Uh, I think when people hear about angle shooting in Warhammer, they're like, well, someone with their laser trying to get an angle on it. And well, that is also angle shooting. That's not the un angle shooting we're, we're talking about today. So when it's applied to poker or Magic or other card games, the Google definition is... Uh, usually referring to using underhanded or unethical tactics in an attempt to gain an edge against an opponent. This can refer to acting out of turn, um, in the realm of poker, hiding chips, um, or pretending to put chips in the pot to try to bluff an opponent. Uh, in regards to Magic the Gathering, there's an extremely famous Magic the Gathering player named, uh, everyone calls him LSV, and I think it's Lewis Scott Vargas. And uh, he did something at a, like a it was it was on stream at a pro tour a few years ago, where um, he was playing a game, and uh, he he bluffed. He, someone went to go like attack him, and he reached over to this other like stack where they had extra cards like tokens, like you can summon one in, as if he was about to play a card that summons that token. And his opponent, seeing him reach over, changed their mind on what they were going to do. Um, Lewis Scott Vargas was successfully able to convince his opponent he was going to do something. His opponent then changed what he was going to do, um, did something else, and then LSV played uh, a board wipe where he killed everything on the board, uh, only because he was able to influence his opponent. So this was a case when he was able to um, like bluff his opponent into making a mistake or doing something that he wanted him to do, although it was a bad decision to do it. Now, how it applies to Warhammer 40k or Age of Sigmar or Bolt Action or any tabletop game is, um, for example, if in Age of Sigmar I am playing the Soulblight Gravelords and I've got a big stack of skeletons on an objective, and I deep strike them back there in the back, my opponent might be like, well, how deadly are those? Uh, can you, you know, will they die? And the truth is, they're not very deadly and they will die. But I know deep down there is no fucking unit that can possibly wipe that 20-man stack in a turn. It's not going to happen. But I could undersell their resilience to an opponent, making it seem like an opponent could come in and possibly do something. Right? Trying to influence your opponent to make a bad decision. Another example is I have an avatar in the table. And I could, you know, people would be like, well, how, how easy is he to kill? And I could say, well, you know, he's only T12. He only has a 4-up involve. Um, he doesn't kill that many units, right? These types of things. Try, try to undersell how deadly he actually is, hoping that my opponent will make a mistake. So my first question is, have you ever seen someone do angle shooting in a game of Warhammer 40k, 30k, or bolt action? Tell me about a time when. I'm going to start with uh, Scott, and then we'll go to Andy after. <coughs> yeah, I actually, uh, I've, over the years, I've had lots and lots of close friends who play Eldar, actually. Um, so yeah, it's it's been a pretty common thing in a lot of games that that I've had to play. No, I'm I'm kidding. I mean, I'm, I'm partially kidding, but <clears throat> no, I think uh, you know the funny part about this is that this episode feels to me like a sequel. Uh, it's a bit of a sequel to our Get It Got It Gotcha uh, podcast that we did. I think back in whew, might have even been the spring, Arthur, you and I that yeah, we, we right. did that because like I feel like the two like they're different things, but they do have some overlap, right? Um, in tabletop gaming, um, gotchas, like, as we talked about, do feel like they're definitely not something that's illegal, uh, generally, but they do, they, they, they bring feel bad moments to the game. They're generally considered to be poor form. And in tabletop gaming, a lot of angle shooting would just by definition be 
gotchas where you're trying to influence someone to do a certain thing and then you activate your trap card and whatever <clears throat> but to move beyond like gotchas as angle shooting there are other ways that you could do it and that's what you're saying right there is is things like you know where you're kind of trying to psychologically um push your opponent in one direction or another I, well, I mean, if you want to think about it from a non-40k perspective, if you have a bag of pepperoni sticks, they're the most delicious thing ever, and you're hanging out with your friends, you tell your friends that they wouldn't like these. These fucking suck. You'd hate them, right? Yeah. Because you yeah. want them all for yourself. That's it. Yeah. So these race guards, they're fucking terrible. You can absolutely shoot them and pick them up. Yeah. They're just garbage. Yeah. And that's and that's what I mean where, like, you kind of cross a little bit into sometimes it'd be gotcha territory. But, like, it's it's... I think in general, uh, in my experience, um, like when you're playing with your buds, you probably aren't dealing terribly much with this just because you probably know each other fairly well. You don't Um, angle shoot you like, for example, if you're playing a game against Ryan, who likes to point (laughs) out the discrepancies of things, you never be like, well, if you do that, I'll deep strike in the back. You never try to manipulate his decision making. Yeah. And and I've actually found, um, at least for myself, that I actually... um, have taken up a policy in the last oh i don't know year or two where i've actively tried to say less about my opponent's game and etc especially during the game obviously because i'm i'm worried about accidentally angle shooting them um because that's kind of thing like you have things come up you know let's say in more you know uh, event-based games or or with strangers or whatever where you just do naturally talk about like oh yeah geez i don't know what i'm gonna do here or whatever and like my my instinct actually is to offer insight and my my instinct is usually to actually offer like my best insight because i prefer for my games to go like that where we're both gonna play to a decent level and and do our best and whatever because that's just how i like to play but i also feel bad if i tell someone listen this is objectively the better thing that's going to work out for you uh and then you know maybe the dice don't roll out or or something else gets missed and suddenly it actually is a bad situation for them and i feel like i've led them into a trap so i've actually tried to move away from it because you can accidentally angle shoot somebody in that particular way um i do think that uh it is fair to especially if you know an opponent has you know a a predilection for a specific type of game or i don't want to say a weakness but you know, uh, they have certain mannerisms to consider that when you're playing, you know, if you're playing like a tournament, uh, there's prizes on the line, you know, somebody has tendencies, then, you know, you gotta, I think it's even smart to play to that. Um, But like outright deception does feel like it kind of crosses the line. (laughs) Well, what about when it's not outright deception, but when you're really trying to just uh, influence your opponent's decision making, is that a bad thing does it have a place in wargaming is it yeah. the secret tactic that's separating the the top eight from the top four or is it just outright blatant cheating well like you said like the, well. the term itself comes from card games um and especially like in some of the you know simpler but highly popular card games like like uh poker and such bluffing and and misdirection is not just allowed but also encouraged it's an integral part of the game Angle shooting is also present in those games, um, and it is discouraged or outright banned. But trying to measure, engage, and misdirect your opponent is allowed. Now, again, I like I said, the, the conversion to tabletop is not clean. It, it's not a clear conversion over to it. Um, because, again, in 
uh, at least in 40k and aos i know the idea of gotchas is a thing we try to avoid um or at least discourage uh so the way in which you could legally angle shoot uh, is naturally going to be more limited and that's kind of the conversation we're having here is where do you draw the line and i know it's fair to, to ask that question for me i guess what i'm going to say then is i think that planning your movements uh, and your decisions in a game around what you know about how your opponent uh, plays or makes their decisions is absolutely fair and even smart um, mm -hmm. but i think that trying to misdirect them with uh you know comments and whatever for me is is crossing a line i'm not saying it's like it's the type of thing that if i was a to i'm going to try to ban somebody for or, or penalize them but i would I consider mean, it to be a, a poor sport a poor poor sportsmanship to do so all right well, let's flip it over to you andy what do you think so the, the original question was um based on my definition of angle shooting yeah uh, have you ever seen it in a tabletop game have you ever seen someone try to influence or have you ever done it we're not getting um, into whether it's right or wrong yet, but just like I, I have, I have seen and or heard about it, and the the one problem that I've seen with it is it tends to happen a lot with new players, okay. right? So usually you have a vet player who is you know going through a game with a new player, and again, like like Scott said, that gotcha moment, or you know, explaining to the the other player that. You know, if you're, you're doing this, you can move here, you can do that, giving them that advice, but not letting them know if you do that, I can do this, right? To a, to a new player, you know. Um, I, in the past, I've seen it where a guy was misdirected and um, being a new player moved his unit from the advice of the guy who was teaching him in range of heavy flamers and just completely got roasted right? right so yeah like i've seen it um have i seen it in bolt action no i haven't seen it in bolt action um the guys are pretty good for it for that kind of stuff nobody's really in that mode of of trying to you know uh play the trick card on somebody kind of thing right or that bluff that kind of bluff in uh, in that game contract with the other player, essentially, right? Um, I don't know. As for like other games that I've played, I haven't really seen it come up. Um, you know, intentionally, I've seen it come up just randomly. You know, oh this or oh that. You know, be it if the other player is is being truly honest or not, or they just don't know their rules that well. And and then it, it just kind of happens, um, but as for for intentionally doing it like myself, I may have done it in heresy to a player that I knew is was at that same caliber of, of gaming, right? And uh, I knew that they had something up their sleeve as well, right? So you're kind of playing that same field, right? And so. If you're playing someone no. of an equal playing value or or higher, or if you're, you're mm -hmm. you are two players who know what they're doing, is something like bluffing or angle shooting an acceptable strategy, or is it in that realm of cheating that you do not want to see in the game? We'll go Andy and then Scotty with that question. I don't think it's really cheating. Like it's not per se cheating. I think it's more of it just can cause a bad game, right? 
a, a bad a bad experience for players is what I think it comes down to. Um, I've I've seen some guys and heard of some guys just recently, you know, in in tournaments and events, and they'll complain about this because of, you know, they didn't know that that unit can do that. Now, saying that that falls on both players, right? If you're going to an event. You should have some fair knowledge of other armies and whatnot. So, um, just like the one, the one of the big events that we did, um, I was filling in and I was going up against an ultramarine player, and this would have been my like fourth game. I never really looked at Gullman and what he can do and and this and that, right? So that was, you know, that was on me. Yeah, the guy pulled some shenanigans on me, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's fair game. I'm in. It's it's part of the game, right? So, yeah, you're you're gonna get it. Um, I don't think it's really cheating, but it's not a good experience for a lot of players. Um, so in so an event, do you, do you share these 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 sentiments? Like, does bluffing, nail shooting have a place at the the at any level, or is it just a different version of cheating? No, it's not. Like it's like I said, I don't think it's cheating. I do think it's poor sportsmanship, though. Um, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I'll just, I just—I find that really interesting that it, it's considered poor sportsmanship and how um, you're missing. I'm gonna go and angle shoot people, but like that's it, the, it, the social contract of tabletop wargaming is so fundamentally different than other competitive games because the one of the things that's not different is we have two people playing a game where both people want to win. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that is different though is we're with them for at least three hours, unless it's yeah. a complete blowout and then it's not and um, mm-hmm. and all that. And I wonder if like the time limit causes people to want to be nicer or create a more sportsmanlike environment, because in a matter tournament that's only fifty minutes, and you're not even always going to get all fifty minutes because it's best of three. Yeah, it's, it's not like that, and they're going to take any advantage they can. Yeah, I think I think that's part of it. I actually think the other part of it um, that we've bumped up to more and more in the last five to eight years or so, um, especially compared to some card games, is just the complexity of the rule set. Um, and just the comparatively, mm-hmm. not always, but comparative uh, lack of um, standards, I guess, that you might see. Um, and I know that is not to say that, like, you know, there aren't very complex card games. I'm not saying that. I know that there are. Um, but I do think that in general, when it comes to AOS, 40K, uh, things like that, like, both between just how deep the core rules are and then just an insane huge amount of ink spilled over factions and stuff like that and battle tomes and whatnot there's a general community feel that there just is very very few people within a community are going to know all the rules well enough to really be never or not not be vulnerable to getting angle shot by you know a lack of rules knowledge and so uh, unless you're that guy playing three games of tts a night yeah yeah, and uh, I think that that, like, and you, you said, you, you, you did phrase it very specifically, like, at any level of competition, okay, well, you know, maybe the guys who are going to play top table at LVO, you can expect, hey, like, you guys should know your rules, like, realistic, and you do, like, yeah. let's be honest, they're going to know their rules. Um, so, like, is it okay then? Is it okay at, the, at any top table? Um, again, I honestly think it's okay uh i i don't think that it should be penalized unless somebody's like like there are cases where like somebody would lie about a rule you're being a dick in that case it gets a little bit 
more difficult. I, at least in tournaments that I've run, have actively sought to discourage that type of thing. If you straight up lie to a person when they ask you something, then that's that's different. Um, but if you're being just misdirective, if you're being just kind of coy, again, I don't think it's great sportsmanship um, because I think that it, it has the potential to create some really negative feelings that don't have to be there. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, like, it's not cheating. <laughs> so, uh, and I would like to point out that, you know, uh, with there being a fair bit of exposure from uh, recorded tournaments, recorded events, streamed games and stuff, we do know that many of the best players in the world are actually very good about avoiding this type of thing. Um, now, that's just anecdotal, of course, but the, a lot of the best players in the world are actively going out of their way to actually tell their opponent about things um, to prevent them from getting misdirected. Not just gotchas, but like, hey, this is, you know, how this goes kind of thing, right? So I so think that the sportsmanship angle the is very important. Where, where, where we don't need angle shooting or bluffing or like an unexpected edge. Maybe this is a, a true gentleman's game. Well, it'll probably never be that, but I do think that the depth of the rules make it so that there is an onus on the players to be gentlemanly towards their opponent. Um, in a way, uh, I've heard it said this way before um, by somebody you used to play with, but in a way, you are the chaperone of your opponent's uh, experience. Um, and that does not mean that you guys are not in competition with each other. It's not a collaborative game in the sense of winning and losing, but it is a collaborative game. And as you mentioned, you're going to be together for a couple hours. Um, even if you are there playing, like let's say in a, an event or something with prizes on the line, everybody wants to have a good time. And if we are expecting that people who are going to lose, because you are going to lose games, are going to be gracious about it, then we can also expect that winners are gracious about winning. And in doing that, you know, we're going to encourage both a, a wider and better community. Again, though, I gotta say, again, with angle shooting, and especially comparative to the gotchas that I mentioned earlier, I think gotchas are more likely to be a rules infraction than angle shooting is. Um, not to say that gotchas are always um, or even often cheating, but there are times where I've seen that situations have been made where I'm like, this is fundamentally cheating that you're doing this. Um, whereas angle shooting rarely is. It's just poor form. Okay. I have a, a what-if scenario for you. Sure. We, we can take angle shooting as a definition of not just trying to manipulate your opponent, but trying to do anything that will possibly gain you an edge over an opponent. So maybe we are game three into a tournament, and this is, you know, when when the Chaos to Zinch Flamers were so fucking busted that everyone wanted non-stop of them. Now, at that time, most of demons came into reserve. Is it angle shooting to, you know, you know during deployment, be like, yeah, okay, well, here's my stuff on the board and everything else in reserve. And then not have your models on the table. They're fucking hidden in your case, seven tables away, in your car, in your apartment. Is it angle shooting to, like, never have those out, never mention them, never remind someone? Andy, you're up first. Well, if you're in a tournament, most times you and your opponent are bringing or exchanging, could be exchanging lists. Right. So I have now access to lists of what you have, right? So, um, but I found a lot of time that it doesn't happen, right? And, and a lot of games that I've, I've never, or players have never really taken my list and, and looked at it. But for me personally, for me personally, what's that? Are they scared they're going to find an extra Viper or something like that? I don't know. Something like that. Maybe two extra units. Yeah, I don't know. 
but um not having him on the board to me is like well where's where's the rest of your army like why 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 don't you have it somewhere on the board right all right so now you're playing and they they say things like oh man please don't table me i really don't want to lose like just like please don't table me like i need to get some points here again their stuff's nowhere near you story it's 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 an event it's a tournament i'm i'm not like i'm not playing to win at all costs but each and every one of these in my opinion each and every one of these games that we play friendly casually narratively competitively or not there's going to be some small degree of competitiveness right we're in a loser unless we're just going home like we had fun if if i'm in a tournament and and i i know the game system that i'm playing is designed to be you know a little bit comp or that's kind of the the tournament i'm gonna play my best right I'm i'm gonna play my best the most honorable way that I can play it pretty much with the same social contract that I would expect from my opponent that I'm giving to them. So if I'm being upfront and honest with everything that I'm bringing to the table or I have on the table or in reserve, I would expect the same thing from my opponent. Now, if they're trying to mislead me with, Oh, don't table me. And they have half their army in reserve. You know, if I don't catch that right away, that's on me, but you know, come on, don't play that. Like, don't play that way. Like it's it's to me if you're doing that it's kind of like you're lying to me right but if the guy's got his units all out there and, and he says oh please don't table me you know, i need some points i go well dude that's on you like you you gotta make those decisions on how you play your army right i mean right. i played one game of ninth and beat bill you know and uh <laughs> What can I say? Best general ever. But yeah. uh, 10th, I haven't won a game yet. And so, he, wasn't, he wasn't misleading Bill at all. So. No. So, same circumstance, uh, Scott. Is, is that angle shooting? Is that unsportsmanlike? Is that an edge at all? I mean, it's it's going to be an edge versus a lot of people. Um, especially, like, you, you take not so much your average event goer, but just your average war gamer who probably doesn't get that many games in. Um, yeah. Visually concealing something from them uh, that is relevant. Not illegal. That not is, against the rules. Yeah. Oh, absolutely not. That's what I mean. Um, but yeah, like realistically, it, I mean, again, I know it. I, I literally am doing measuring this by like the habits that I have intentionally picked up, and one of those is that if I have stuff in reserve, I actively sit it directly beside the table. Uh, and as you guys know. I actually mostly do that so that I don't forget it. Um, <laughs> but well, also, we've never let you down the one time you forgot your reserves on turn three. Yeah. Uh, but like realistically, it's just good form, right? So yeah, like the situation you're describing, um, to be fair, like, yeah, especially depending on, you know, the venue, maybe there's actually not really anywhere great to put your models and stuff like that. You know, I get that some guys, you know, they have a hard time packing up and unpacking at the start of every game. It's mental or physical energy for them, whatever. There's lots of circumstances to keep in mind. But, like, yeah, you, the way you have described the situation, yeah, of course that would be ankle shooting, at least in my mind. Um, and, yeah, so would, like you, you mentioned, uh, somebody actively going out of the way to kind of uh, suggest that you guys don't doctor the score, I guess, but, like, actively play in a way which would adjust the score. Um, I would, I would actually, that I would think is actually almost worse 
Um, if you're at an event, you don't just have a competitive, like the competitive integrity of the event is not just to your opponent to, you know, play fairly and, and whatever. It's actually to everybody um, because, I mean, some events you might have more than one uh, person who is undefeated uh, and then scores may come in as a tiebreaker. Uh, likewise, you know, maybe some prizing down the line matters, things like that. Um, for competitive integrity, I feel like everybody in event should just play their best. Um, again, we've all <laughs> we've all been in games where we got clapped. It sucks. Uh, I don't like playing games like that, but like games, think... whole tournaments. <laughs> but if you're if you're in an event for the integrity of the whole thing, everybody should be putting forward their their best foot and not messing around with scores um, if i'm gonna I, lose my opponent scoring more than 70 points i'm conceding so they only score 70 and you can't convince me otherwise uh i have heard stories of of folks uh, like outright doctoring scores uh, i'm joking for any not, that is cheating so you know uh but yeah yeah no i think both of those are are yeah, so, excellent examples so just just on a side note um same kind of uh, of the topic of, of having your reserves on the side or in your case or whatever. One thing I got to say with like heresy is I've gotten so used to having my units that I've had on reserve on the side and letting my opponent know this is what's in reserve because sure. you got like you would have to roll for them to come in, right? Yep. So you know, um, telling my opponent like I'm always trying to tell my opponent what I'm doing what I have, what, what's what, you know, what can do what, yep. you know, that kind of thing. Right. So for me, having me do actually doing that to an opponent with reserves, it's never happened. It's, it's yep. cause it's, it's always physically there and, and going right. Um, but you know, ways around that obviously is right off the bat. Usually guys might be talking about each other's armies, but I mean, right off the bat, ask for that army list. If you're in a tournament, and, um, you know, just again, ask him, what do you have in reserve so right off the bat? I have a question that I'm going to lob at, lob at Arthur here, which kind of goes back a little bit to the start of this topic that he has got me thinking about now, or, or that you both have. Uh, Arthur, so with all of this in mind, has BCP ruined, not ruined, uh, negatively impacted the game in at least one way then? And that is around that whole... Uh, exchange of lists thing because the move to that's the thing it's like in, in the old days i guess yeah everybody had printed lists and some places actually we've been to events that still require them and usually i know i do and a lot of guys i know kind of guffaw about it but andy's right a lot of times people don't spend very much time looking at the list of their opponent whereas back in the day you probably had it sitting beside your army um, but the fact that you now do a lot of stuff on your phone, you're probably keeping score on your phone, you're checking messages and stuff, that means you're not looking at their list. Um, which, you know, you're not required to, but as you guys mentioned, that's kind of one of those things that could tip, tip off this kind of behavior. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm looking at your list again. You have 18 Zinch Flamers, like you said. Um, even if they're not on the table, I've had, I have your list here reminding me of that. Uh, whereas with BCP and that the usage of digital list submission, um, that's less likely to come up. So that's a really good question. And, uh, there's there's actually more to that question than you mentioned uh, just off the top of the head because of like whether or not BCP's list list submission, and I would add points, mm -hmm. uh, make for a, like a worse uh, game. Yeah, I don't know. 
One of the really downsides of prior to BCP is that sometimes people just didn't bring a list or they would just have it on their battle scribe on their phone. Um, and there was no standardization. Now, there still isn't a standardization in some tournaments that do have a standardization. Like, you must have your list in a certain format. The format is fucking stupid. Like, it is not conducive. It is not easy yeah. to write in. And it's not always that much easier to read either. Um, and to an extent, having this this access to our phones where we have, uh, you know, the scoring, but also your group chats and maybe your bay is texting you and maybe you're on Grinder or whatever else. It, 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 I wonder if it does take away from looking at uh, the opponent's list. And we don't have that paper in front of us to double check this and this and this and this. So, yep. yes. But on that same topic, one of the things I don't like about BCP is the, the publication of scores. One other aspect of angle shooting, and I've seen it many times during the BCP era, and even before it, was people purposely adjusting how many points they got to, like, submarine over unwanted matchups or get into other matchups. Um, and, like, I, I know that I have joked about submarining in the past, but uh, I wonder if the way in which we rank matches is based on, like, the battle points is also bad because maybe it should always just be randomized and truly randomized so that there is no consideration to like well i'm not going to get 100 points i'm only going to get 96 because i don't want to play the other 100 point losers what well, if everything was just randomized all the time i mean that's an option and i know uh some folks do go with that or or at least randomized within pods i know uh sean ford and nemesis run their events like that um i i prefer win path settings um, and i feel like they partially do solve that uh that is also actually the gw recommended means of ranking and pairing so the tiebreaker isn't how many battle points you have it's right. the win ratio of the people that you have beat right so if and you beat your first two matches were absolute seal clubbings and those guys go on to lose every single match it's not worth as much as if you beat the second ranked player in the tournament and there's i mean like we could easily do a whole uh, podcast just talking about the or at least i could i don't know how many people would listen to it but there'd be a few <laughs> stats nerds and me and we'd have a great time um but one thing i will say for it that is relevant to this uh it is still possible for people especially if you're particularly mathematically gifted uh to at a glance get a pretty good idea of how scores are going um to try to you know game the system but most people will struggle to actually look at the rankings and especially after three or four rounds like if you're in a longer event we'll have a hard time picking out exactly how people are going to fall on the score or uh, in the rankings um and therefore it's a whole other level yeah it would it would be a lot more troublesome it's that. also fun to do that at the same time as much as i hate it it's really fun after you finish your game to hang out with your buddies and be like, oh, I think you're going to be up against this. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I hope I don't play Andy. That guy's such a wanker. <laughs> There's a social side to it, right? Um, the other thing I have noticed, and again, uh, this is not confirmed. I don't actually know. But a lot of people have been telling me with BCP that they cannot see rankings uh, anymore uh, during events. Which I believe is actually a feature and not a bug of BCP. That they literally won't update rankings uh, except like if they're specifically told to by the TO or when the tournament ends. Now, if you go online and you go to the actual web page, you will be able to, but the app won't show it to you. Um, now, again, with victory points, it actually probably doesn't matter, especially in a two or three rounder, because you're literally able to just add two numbers together to know where you and other people are at. Um, and I agree, Arthur, I don't like that either, because I do think it encourages people who are interested in submarining to do so. 
which I would consider, by the way, I would consider that, yeah, a form of angle shooting. Uh, again, not illegal, but unsporting. Um, but yeah, uh, just there, maybe there are some technical innovations coming from BCP and whatever. And I, I'm not trying to drag BCP, of course. We all love them, and their their app is amazing. I think they can make a better app. That app <laughs> yes. is like... Oh, the app's I, bad. Sorry, what BCP does, the services they provide, I like. Yeah, the app the app actually sucks, yeah. The, but that's kind of been going that way for a while. We anyway. should make our own app with <laughs> hookers and blow. We should absolutely not. The last <laughs> thing I need is more things to do. Somebody so. tell Bill, Scotty's making an app. Yeah, they'll be like, oh, oh. Okay, I can see it now. Hey, guys, uh, we're going to be interested in uh, maybe doing our own app. Does uh, anybody in Trident have, like, experience with coding and networking and stuff? Hey, Scott. You know a guy. Yeah, great. <laughs> you know, uh, this actually really goes really well into our next topic, and I want to get into that. Before that, I want to take a quick advertising break. Trident Wargaming has this wonderful new sponsorship with Monument Hobbies. And we have a partner link. It's going to be in our description below. And uh, if you have not tried out the Monument Pro Acryl paints, they are... Let's try that again. The Pro Acryl paints, they are uh, some of the best paints on the market for a matte finish. They don't have the problems of scale where you have to sit there and shake the shit out of the bottle. Um, the Monuments, they have a, a little metal ball right in there. Or maybe it's acrylic. I'm not sure what it is. They're absolutely fantastic paints. You should go and you should try it. And when you try it, you should purchase it through our affiliate link because we get a tiny bit of a kickback. That kind of helps us uh, do more things, provide more events, get more stuff out to you, that kind of stuff. We'll be able to afford somebody to write our own tournament app. It'll be great. We can have the TWC. We can. We can. TWC for everyone. <laughs> now, second topic of the day. Which kind of leads into it really nice. Uh, the second topic, of course, was bah, 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 playing by intent. Over the last two years in the uh, the Warhammer I've been playing, one of the things that's really come out uh, at like all levels of competitive play, I think it started at the top and it's trickled its way down, is players uh, doing something that they call playing by intent. And uh, I think a good definition of it is people actively vocalizing the thing they are trying to do. As it was mentioned earlier on in the podcast, Warhammer is a tricky game in that I have to understand a concept, you have to understand a concept, and I have to understand your understanding of the concept to make sure it's correct so nobody gets butt hurt when this Necron Immortal Blob moves 30 inches and blows your shit up. Yeah. Okay. That, that has happened. <laughs> it's true. Um, and so players will actively try to share as much open information as they can so people can make the optimal decision at any given time. Do you think that's a good definition of it? Sharing uh, as much information as possible so players can make the best decision? I I like that definition. I don't think that that is the definition that is oftentimes used because I think that that is overly specific, which I think it should be. Uh, I think a lot of times when I hear or read about uh, play by intent, it's, it's very much just a, a casual... Uh, yeah, make sure you're, you are vocalizing everything you do to your opponent or what or usually uh, vocalize everything you can do to your opponent uh, right. and actively engaging them in your turn and stuff. Um, and I think that people still like the problem with, with it's, I mean, I guess it's true of angle shooting and gotchas and whatever too. Uh, different people have different opinions of what counts. Um, but yeah, it's, it, more and more people are getting on the train, I think, with playing by intent, which is great. And the more people who do 
the more it becomes like a self-fulfilling cultural phenomenon right where well what's playing by intent well everybody just knows what playing by intent is you know <laughs> so oh, as as we have seen more people are now playing by it or they're stating by it and uh they'll say my intent is to move these guys to block out this movement all right, so for example, screening is a, is a very popular thing that was made common in 8th edition. People have, I think now you can just say they're going to screen and everyone will know what that means. You're going to position your units in a way as which that someone cannot deep strike in a certain area or move in a certain area. That's screening. So a lot of times people will be like, okay, my intent is to place this unit of rangers here to screen out the back line so you cannot deep strike. Now say that happens and Andy will throw this to you first and Scott will throw this to you second so you know what's coming. I place a unit of rangers in my back line and I say my intent is that you cannot deep strike back here. And I just haphazardly place them there. I don't measure it out because we're playing by intent. The turn becomes yours. Things happen. Things are shot. We have a great time. Dice were rolled, drinks were poured, etc. You go with your tape measure and your deep strike phase and you find the perfect spot to throw your Calidus assassin. You place him down there. I get upset because I said I was playing by intent. And you said, no, you made a mistake. Who's it wrong here? Should I, if I'm playing by intent, um, be able to be like, you can't place him there and you should not be able to place him there? Or is this a case where playing by intent doesn't excuse mistakes? Sure, I intended to do that, but I failed in execution. Andy, what's your thoughts? Well, if you're playing with intent, do it right. Straight, straight up, right? Like, yeah, you 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 know if you lazily put your unit there and and you said my intent is to do this and in my turn my intent was to do other things things got shot up blah 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 I deep strike a unit down using a stratagem or whatever the case is you know I was able to do that as per the game plain and simple right so if now you're going to come back I mean say well my intent was this and trying to I guess game that part of it and I was able to get through and, and deep strike down. Well that's sorry, bud, that's that's on you. <laughs> it's, it's not my fault. So I think that this is kind of where uh the the dialogue part of play by intent comes up. I think and I did I like that you brought this up because a lot of people this is what they struggle with. Um they're increasingly people are good at saying what they're intending to do. I'm doing this because I intend to do accomplish this goal. A fundamental part of play by intent that is expected is dialogue. So when you put those rangers there, the system that is kind of envisioned by the people who want us to play by intent is not you do that and I accept it or deny it explicitly. It's I then say, okay, let's take a look. And we are collaboratively looking together to see what it is that you are actually doing. Okay, and then, it, because this does kind of play a little bit into gotchas and stuff, maybe I have a stratagem, which would then allow me to get past those rangers when you don't think I can. It behooves me to reveal that information at that point in time. When you say, I'm looking to screen you out here so that you cannot move through here, and in my head, I, that light bulb turns on that says, haha, yeah, I can move through there. If I don't share that information, we are not playing by intent. Um, oh. And that's, and that's why I said, so when somebody does that, then their opponent needs to step in and be like, okay, let's measure this out. Let's read, let's look up this rule. Let's whatever. And that way we can know 
whether or not you can actually accomplish that goal or not. Because I understand what Andy's saying here, because sometimes people are saying, I intend to do this. And it's like, well, you, you can't. Like, you can't block that off, like, for whatever reason. And a right. lot of times when I engage in dialogue with people about play by intent, that's what happens is we look and he, somebody's like, oh, well, I, I'm intending to do this. And through measurements or reading or whatever, we're like, oh, no, like, you're not going to be able to. doesn't matter if that's your intent. Um, and that prevents that kind of negative reaction like you're talking about of happening the next turn when turns out their intent wasn't fulfillable and they're mad because they think that you are gaming them, but you actually were just playing by the rules. Yeah. But that was avoidable if you guys just talked it over at that point in time. Mm. It depends on the situation, sure. I guess. Right. Like, like you're talking, you know, you're talking about a stratagem that allowed you to kind of bypass that where, you know, I'm kind of talking about things happen in game where you lost a few models and, and now, you know, that bubble has shrunk. You know what I mean? Well, let's so, take it back to the original question here for a second. Uh, someone has five Rangers in the back line and they position them in a way where they say, my intent is for you not to be able to deep strike back here. Now, say nothing other in this situation changes, except that they lazily put them down because they're worried about the clock. The turn flips, and you find this two-inch bubble where you can place your Calidus Assassin. Now, had they positioned their units correctly, you would not be able to, which was their full intention, but they failed to execute. Are you slamming that Assassin down and saying, too bad, so sad, you suck, get wrecked, nerd? Or are you going to be like, oh, no, no, you intended, I understood, it shouldn't fit. Again, like for me, and here's the thing, I've been in this situation uh, with tight clocks. Um, Fuck, no, was it me? Like, no, <laughs> no, it wasn't. Um, but like, I've been in this situation and like, honestly, it. the reality is we just don't get to that place. First off, if you're playing by intent, the thing is you don't just extrapolate everything. The idea with intent is to allow for minor, minor uh, misplacements of models or whatever so that it turns out that if you're that quarter inch in or out that you didn't intend to be that that's understandable it's not that i'm just gonna pretend like my models are here you actually have to make the the bare minimum effort to actually do something and that's how people tend to play and yes i get it the game gets clocked but that's the reality of the clock is that you do have to move your models you do have to maintain coherency you have to roll all your dice etc 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 um, so what's going to happen in that case is, yeah, like as soon as my opponent puts down their models, I'm going to say, okay, make sure that I actually am. And again, like if it turns out that I can just fit the base in there where they had intended to block me out, like that's something I'd give. If it turns out that there's a six inch square area at the back of their deployment zone that I could easily put a model in because they didn't even bother to place their models in any reasonable fashion, that's kind of a different story. But, but, but. <laughs> On the flip side, and this is what happens, I think, realistically in a lot of games uh, that are tight on time, during that last turn of the game, you probably are extrapolating a lot of things. And then you've made a social contract to do that, though. Uh, a lot of times this happens when guys, quote-unquote, talk things out. You probably just do the important things in your turn and ignore mm -hmm. the non-important things. So in that case, yeah, it might be like, uh, okay... Uh, we got to burn through this last turn five in eight minutes and we're each going to get four minutes of it or whatever. Uh, right. Because I just not only do you need to know who wins. You know, we're Both just going to do the point. things that matter for scoring. Yeah. Um, but again, that's a social contract you make with a player in a situation. It's not the expected. It's not the baseline uh, uh, game experience in, in that, like when you're actually playing a game, no, like 
play by intent is not just I don't move my models and we pretend they're over there. No, it's you put them there and like sometimes the terrain's a little janky or sometimes you were a quarter inch over and you walked into Overwatch range and you didn't mean to, but you said, "Hey, I want to stop 24 and a half inches away from you. I don't want to accidentally walk into this." Uh, and then you don't make bones about it, but you do still measure your stuff. <laughs> it's just sometimes you're, you know, off by a quarter well, inch. As tournament organizers, and I mean, you know, Andy, with your bolt action and heresy experience, Scotty is the the backbone of our, our Warhammer 40k organizing. Um, do we need a rule set for play by intent? I have seen tournaments in the past, especially competitive oriented tournaments like that WTC or tournament that we went to. Well, we as in Trident, really, we as in you, who had it in their definition that you will play by intent. Do we need a rule set to enforce play by intent? Should play by intent be enforced at all levels of tournament play to avoid gotchas? Yes. Should it? Should uh, it be or is it just up to players to? I talk? mean, having it stated in your in your players pack is great. Is everybody going to follow it? Well, if it's in the players pack and and it's a rule, probably not. Because that can then, that can lead to other things too, right? Like you can have guys who are now misleading by using that, saying that that opponent mm-hmm. wasn't playing, playing with intent and cause angle shoot the players pack. An angle shoot the players pack now instead, yeah. right? Yeah. And I guarantee you, there's people that would do that. You know, have I <laughs> encou- have I encountered people that have done that? I've had it done to me in one of my own events with one of my own rules that i came up with were you playing against ryan no it wasn't even 40k that's ryan, right people. i, love I said i, love how I said it wasn't 40k okay he so other games he plays horse heresy what's that stupid um, other version of warhammer 40k heresy that you guys are all playing age of sigma badab <laughs> the, the one with the the elves and stuff um yeah so like andy makes a good point where it's like the the issue with like the more intensely you codify soft mechanics uh that are not like mathematically based like the core rules of the game per se um the more you try to codify them the more you're inviting the dreaded rules lawyer uh to try to weaponize it against you now i have a a very uh person or basic personal code that i roll with which is that you you probably just don't need to argue with the to the thing about it is at the end of the day they do tend to wield ultimate power at their events i can understand people making their case but if you're actually trying to weaponize stuff against the to that's just dumb uh they're just gonna check you or at least they should um because like you're just you're just being a dink um but realistically this is where i actually think that the co- where the codification uh should be done is more actually just in the sportsmanship era area of yeah. players packs of uh pre-game talk or pre-tournament talks things like that where you make it explicitly clear to players listen we are expecting everyone here to play with a certain level of social awareness of uh, grace and of uh, competitive integrity and that means that you're not going to try to weaponize soft mechanics like playing by intent and and angle shooting and stuff against your opponents certainly against the people judging the events and things like that that's actually where we need to do it because that is where it gets very hard for players to make an argument against you then it's just like listen the judgment here is that we're going to ask 10 people if you're being unreasonable right now and if they agree then you're being unreasonable like it's just that simple we we expect a certain level of maturity 
Um, but yeah, I so do think the that... final question with with this and angle shooting in general is sure. if this is our expectations and it would fall under a sportsmanship category. If we find someone that is hitting someone with a gotcha, they they deliberately misrepresent something. Maybe they angle shoot, but it goes over that socially acceptable social contract line. Um, maybe they, they take advantage of someone playing by intent, and they're the dick that throws something in the back line, despite the previous agreement. And someone complains. Mm-hmm. Is this a yellow card situation? Can you issue a yellow card as an organizer? Could you? If, if you went, like, uh, and, and the ramifications of that, is this something that should be done? Should we pursue this level of enforcement and this level of, like, player accountability to create an overall better system where everyone has a better event experience? Or is it completely unnecessary and no one needs to venture down that road because we can trust the players to be the best? Yes. Uh, like, at least in my opinion, yeah. we It should be enforceable again when it comes to things like angle shooting or or uh weaponization of of the wording and stuff it's hard to codify it directly as saying you know first infraction you get a yellow card because what is and isn't an infraction it's not always cut and dry um but i think that's like you can put it into a player pack and perhaps we should Uh, i do think it should be enforceable i do think it should be cardable and it should be in the pack to say listen if behavior is uh judged to be uh, against the the spirit of our event we are at our discretion to card you uh, and obviously cards can stack up just like usual um, and yeah we should because like more than even like terrain or missions or the number of people in an event the number one thing that affects players enjoyment at events is the guys they're playing against it's actually like the most important thing you could have a beautiful event with the most delightful food and free drinks and amazing tables and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And if everyone you played against was an asshole, you're never going back. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Okay. And vice no, versa. If you, had a, if you had a great time, you're probably going back no matter what. Yeah. So yeah, no, we absolutely should encourage people to play uh, as gentlemanly as possible. Certainly. I understand it's a competitive game. I do feel strongly that people should play the game by the rules, play, you know, play to win, etc. But yeah, no, anything that is uh, judged, <laughs> not hard, hard rules, but judged to be unsporting. Yeah, it's something that we should absolutely be carding. Yeah, and it's like playing Elder. You know, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, somebody's getting complained against or, or you know, deliberately uh, doing things deliberately, like that's that's one thing, right? Like mm-hmm. if they're getting if they're getting caught doing it, you know what I mean? Like they're going to get nailed, card or, or even an ejection or whatever, right? Um, you know, and of course that's up to the tos and all that stuff for sure. Yep. You know, but what I've noticed is it's been pretty good in the last I don't know five ten years or so yep. with players. Uh, and how they're playing with each other and, and and even like the social contract has has come up quite a fair bit like i just talked to it actually today this morning uh with uh with my friend hal in uh, star wars shatterpoint um you know and there's things that they let go things that happen between players and uh, essentially it's it's like well okay you're being an ass this is an enjoyable whereas these guys are playing they're having a great time they let things go they are telling each other what they're doing, what their intent is, 
well, you know, what these characters can do. Right. Yep. And, um, you're, you're starting to see more and more of that, which I think is great. Um, I started learning that actually a fair bit when I was the first time I went to LVO for heresy. Um, you know, there was chat of a, a white scar player that that's exactly what he would do. Right. He would let the opponent know exactly what he's doing and all that kind of stuff. Right. Don't you um, play white scars? I do now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> are, are you uh, the gentleman? All right. The mystery I, gentleman. He is I, very gentlemanly. So, and, and it also comes down to, cause like I, I've done a lot of demos in the past too. So like, I want to have players that I'm playing against to have the best time, you know, of their life in a game, right? Be it an event, uh, be it a, a tournament, casual play, learning to play, especially learning to play. You don't want to like, Ooh, I just, you know, whip the guy who first time he's rolling dice. Awesome. Yeah. You know, um, but just in general, I think it's gotten a lot better over the years, you know, being, being in the, uh, gaming scene for over 25 years, yeah. uh, if not more, of course, um, it's getting better and better. Uh, I do think that even the, like the tournament scene is getting, getting fairly better at it too. Yep. And, and, you know, it, it was all about the generalship of the players, right? Yep. So, and then that's what it was. You know, there's guys who are just hardcore guys who knew the game. They knew their rules. They know how to play the game. They know what's what. And sometimes those things come up, you know, gotcha moments or this or that. But usually that's just on a generalship level of who's the better general, right? Um, but when it comes to deliberately or purposely, you know, doing something like that where it's going to cause a player to be like well screw this i'm not having fun like throw the game like scott said earlier that's not fair to anybody else in an event either you know so um in general it's i don't see it as much myself you guys might see it a little bit more because you do do a lot more tournaments than i do for you know 40k aos bolt action scene you rarely see it. It's 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 a completely different group. Like, you know, they're forty plus guys who are just laid back, you know, having their diet pop, trying to just have some fun rolling dice with World War Two, right? So, um, so yeah, just in general, it's 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 an interesting topic because it's it's out there, and I'm glad we don't I don't see it that much myself. So that's kind of where I'm at. As we uh, the close this topic, I'm gonna I'm gonna close it before we get into the the last bit of what's on our table and what's coming up off our table. Uh, I'll close with what I start all my tournaments with: is that uh, you should try to play every event with a spirit of grace, play every spirit game with a spirit of grace, uh, be the best player that you can, because at the end of the game, no one's gonna remember who won that tournament two weeks from now other than you, but they will remember how you acted. So that's a good spirit to be in. Uh, Absolutely. But I think we kind of covered that topic. We we may have beat the horse to death. So just a quick round table. What's on your guys' table? Scotty, what are you painting? What are you building? What are you reading? Why is it Necrons and not AdMac? <laughs> Actually, we'll uh, uh, probably kind of early to mid-January have some, uh, some uh, Codex reviews, which I'm sure will answer some of those questions. 
<clears throat> so we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, right now, what is on my table is uh, Necrons. Uh, partially just because I just bought some, though. Actually, there's Marines in there, too, because I got some uh, Ballista Streddons to work on now. Uh, got some Epi Destroyers on the go. Technically still have this Captain that I've been working on for a calendar year. Uh, he's coming along still. He's getting pretty close, though. So I'll have one model that looks like Arthur painted it in a couple of hours. Um, so that's pretty good for me. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's kind of what's been going on there now. Nothing's finished, but there's lots of things that are close. So one more week of school and I'm going to be a very happy boy. <clears throat> Andy. Uh, well, now that I'm off of work officially, uh, lots of time for building. So, uh, doing some printing for AOS terrain that, you know, Mr. Arthur. Oh, we got a preview, live preview. Try to so, exclusive. Yeah, I know. No, it's, it's just, just some, some nice ruins that can be cobbled together for whatever you need. Um, but besides that, I've got some AOS, uh, Glockkin that I'm working on, um, some 40k marines as well just uh just got a whole bunch of of marines to work on a couple of dreadnoughts and whatnot bolt action of course there's always bolt action so uh that and then uh a whole bunch of digital work for for upcoming beta awards and whatnot making some character uh little cards that uh scott has humbly put together for um adjusting all the characters to fit the current edition Yep. So I'm doing some digital work for that. So anybody who's jumped in on that, you know, uh, get your special characters painted and uh, we'll put them on a card. So um, other than that, just kind of a uh, little hobby everywhere. So what about you, Arthur? There has been abs. There is still five cavalry on, on my desk over here that have been on my desk for about the last five weeks. I haven't really picked up the paintbrush. Um, I think I'm cursed. Like, like almost like a tragic artist who is very good at something, but just has no fucking interest in doing it. That's that's kind of what's going on right now. Uh, this is not new to me. Um, my, my hobby comes and goes, and when it comes, I'll paint up three whole armies, and when it goes, I won't touch it for four months. Mm -hmm. So we're in that period of going right now. I'm not sure what's going to bring it back, uh, but with the hobby ADHD, if there isn't an inherent desire to do something, it's not going to happen, no matter how much I want a painted Age of Sigmar army. I've got such a good scheme and so many good things I want to do to Techlist. Some unholy things I want to do with that army. But I just can't bring myself to sit down with a brush. Mm. So it's not happening. I have been using my hobby time to play a little bit of video games. Um, video. And there are some exciting games coming out on market, right? Uh, Gamescon here was just a... Well, not Gamescon, but uh, the Game Awards just happened. There were some very exciting trailers. There were some exciting reviews that came out. Mm -hmm. So uh, mostly I've been doing that. I have, however... Still been planning upcoming events, and so has the Trident team. Uh, our next upcoming event is none other than the LVO Can't Go, and we are hosting that on January 12th and 13th. Yeah, that uh, that weekend there. I believe it's the 12th and 13th. Uh, no, 13th, uh, 14th. I'm not mistaken. 13th, that 14th. is the Who Day event, and we are following the yep. uh, LVO rules as close as possible. Yep. Uh, and it is to mimic the experience of going. Yep. So there's even an event... Or, or, or an award, because it's just Vegas, baby. Kind of trying to reward some of the unlucky things that can happen to you. Yep. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have all their missions, all their well, uh, terrain styles. We're gonna have some dancing girls, uh, slot machine. It's gonna be everything. Absolutely. 
Uh, you might have to fight someone off for the VLT, but you can definitely get in on it. Uh, that's not our only event coming up. Shortly after the LVO can't go, come the end of February, we have the very first Trident Wargaming Age of Sigmar tournament. We call this one the Hammer Hall Brawl. It is a standard one-day RTT, three games. It's going to use whatever the current rule set is. So I heard a rumor we're not getting a new General's Handbook. We're going to stick with the Andoran Realms. Uh, if that's the case, we'll use it. If one does pop up between now and then, we're using the new one. Baby, give me that sauce. Um, and and I hope we do. Following that, I think sometime in March, we have our other Trident event, which may or may not be posted, but you should learn about it now. And we're calling this the Adepticant. So for anyone who can't make it out to Adepticon, which is usually the hobby-focused tournament that often has disappointing terrain, we are going to have a tournament-focused tournament with the best terrain you can find this side of the border. <laughs> <laughs> this side of a Chicago deep dish. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's what you got there. Uh, it'll, it'll be a great event to come to. And maybe you've heard it, maybe you haven't, but Trident has some very exciting news coming on the forefront, is that we're taking part in hosting the play on tabletop event at gamescon in fact yep. we are hosting it yeah and, and it's in partnership with red claw um we hope to announce another tournament following that come come august yes uh we've got some big plans for the latter half of next year um so we'll probably i'm just ballparking here i'm gonna guess that the announcements for that kind of thing will be kind of on the earlier side next year uh, but our next couple months, uh, after a relatively quiet December, we'll be uh, right back at it. We've got um, 40k League coming. We've got the Bad Ab League coming. We've got at least one event every month. Um, Age of Sigmar League still going strong. Yep, Age of um, Sigmar is still rolling. And of course, yeah. like you said, we're going to be getting a few more events for Age of Sigmar coming up. Uh, so really, like, despite November and December being like not even slow, but slower months for us, um, we're really, really diving in with the new year. So uh, your guys will be able to jump on and get some more uh, Trident Wargaming circuit points as we work our way through the first year of that. And you guys can really start to get uh, amped up with the AOS stuff we're rolling out. You guys are going to love some of our new terrain, I know. Um, so just keep an eye on the pages, and uh, we'll have even more exciting stuff for you as we go into summer and fall next year. And there will be uh, there'll be a couple of bolt action events that happen throughout the year. Uh, no dates set up as yet. Uh, there's a good possibility that there will be a tank war league happening at some point. Uh, just to spice it up, I know all you uh, World War II junkies love your tanks, so Treadheads. Uh, yeah, take a look at that. Hit me up. Let me know if you're interested. In the meantime, no. if you were trying to find space to get your in. Feel free to come out to your Thursday night Trident Warhammer Community Night or Wargame Community Night. It's uh, every Thursday. It's at the Fraternal Order of Eagles over in St. Albert, where you can hang out with Scotty, where you can hang out with Billy, where you can hang out with Andy, and where you can sometimes see me if you book an appointment to do so when you buy me a beer. <laughs> All right. And um, uh, don't forget to check out our Patreon. Uh, thanks to Frederick, Dustin, Chris, Tyler, and Ed for supporting us. As always, coffee for the boys. M mainly a beer for Scott. Um, Getting us thanks for all that. We need Scott to get three beers in before turn yeah. three. Otherwise, the rest of us don't have a fucking He's got to forget those reserves. That's why I put those reserves on the yeah. table, man. Uh, if we have earned your subscription today on YouTube, on Podbean, or anywhere else it's been there, please give that a sub. Please give us a like. Please give us a follow. And I'd love to hear your thoughts in the comments on YouTube. Do yeah. you think angle sheeting is cheating or not? 
And do you find space for playing by intent? Or is that dumb? You just intend to win, and let's get rid of that dumb shit. As always, thank you so much for listening to the Trident Wargaming Podcast. We would be nothing without our listeners and our viewers and our community. You guys are everything. Have a great night. Peace and love, everybody. Hey, guys. Did you plug the Patreon? We need to plug the Patreon.